this edition of Back to Basics with Pastor Brian Broderson. The evolutionist does not have a particular theory for how, through the evolutionary process, male and female could have developed. So this is something that stumps them. But, of course, you know, it happened because we have male and female, so, you know, we don't know how, but it it happened. But, you know, this is wishful hoping. As someone once said regarding evolution, it is a fairy tale for adults. Today on Back to Basics, Pastor Brian continues his study in the book of Genesis. Join us as Pastor Brian begins his teaching on Genesis, chapter 1, verses 26 through 31, in a message titled, Man, the Likeness of God. Now, here's Pastor Brian. Verse 26. Then God said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness, Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them, and God said, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, See, I have given you every herb that yields seed, which is on the face of all the earth, and every tree whose fruit yields seed. To you it shall be for food. Also to every beast of the earth, to every bird of the air, and to everything that creeps on the earth, in which there is life, I have given every green herb for food, and it was so. Then God saw everything that he had made, and indeed it was very good. So the evening and the morning were the sixth day. In our previous study, we looked at the meaning of man being created in the image of God and saw how that refers primarily to the immaterial aspect of man. Man, like God who made him, possesses knowledge, feelings, and a will. Man is a moral agent, and man is a spiritual being or a religious being. And these are the things that we considered when we looked at man being created in the image of God. So, We come once again to this subject, and we want to look at three things. First of all, we want to look at how man was created. Secondly, we want to look at man as male and female. And then thirdly, we want to look at man as Lord of creation. So, how was man created? Now, of course, the popular opinion on this is that man is the result of evolutionary processes. And man evolved somewhere between one to five million years ago. 
A few years back, there was a television program that was hosted by Walter Cronkite. The program was called Ape Men, The Story of Human Evolution. And on that program, Walter Cronkite said this. He said, if you go back far enough, we and the chimps share a common ancestor. My father's 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 father, going back maybe a half a million generations, about five million years ago, was an ape. Now, I remember as a kid watching Walter Cronkite on the evening news. Now, I never really associated him with an ape. (laughs) He was a bit boring in his presentation of the news. But, you know, it's astounding to me that he would say something like this. But, But this is the popular opinion. Many of us, perhaps all of us, have seen those charts that show us the evolutionary process and the different types of what you might call ape men. There was the Nebraska man, and the Java man, the Piltdown man, the Peking man, of course, Neanderthal man. And with each and every one of these, there has been this ongoing attempt to convince the general population that this is our ancestry. It's really interesting when you start to look closely at these so-called ape men. Actually, each and every one of them have been disproven to have been an ape man, a transitional creature of some sort. Each and every one of them have been proven to have either been a hoax, actually an ape, or a man. But not one of them is in reality an ape man, but yet even though this has been thoroughly disproven, this is still being perpetrated on kids in school today. They're still teaching that these are our ancestors. And so we have the popular opinion that man is the result of the evolutionary process. But then we also have the view espoused by the theistic evolutionist that God created man indirectly using evolutionary processes. So these are the people who, you know, they want to put God into the equation, but they are firmly convinced that uh, evolutionary ideas are factual. The person who has probably uh, popularized these ideas most among evangelicals is a man by the name of Hugh Ross. And Hugh Ross stated this in his book, Creation and Time. He said, starting about two to four million years ago, God began creating man-like mammals. Although some of these creatures looked completely human, used tools, buried their dead, and painted on cave walls, they were actually animals and had no spirit. So Hugh Ross teaches that 
there was a given point in this long process where God simply reached down and he touched the hominid and it became what we know as man at that point. So it, it's a combining of evolutionary ideas with belief in God. It's trying to mix the two things together. So God created man indirectly using evolutionary processes. Thirdly, God created man directly on the sixth day of creation, and of course, that is what the Bible teaches. Over in verse 7 of the second chapter, we read, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. So what the Bible says about the creation of man is totally incompatible with evolutionary ideas. As we pointed out in some of the previous studies, you cannot have it both ways. It's, it's either one or the other. Now, some evolutionists are very dogmatic about that, like Richard Dawkins, for example. He says evolution is a fact, and therefore God is a myth. Because if evolution is true, if everything came about through natural processes, then you don't need a God. And, and I happen to agree with Dawkins on that. But there are others, these ones who still want to hold on to evolution, but uh, also have embraced or, or want to hold on to theism, a, a belief in God. But they have embraced evolutionary ideas. And so... They're trying to mix the two things, but here's the problem. The Bible does not allow for that. You see, in the verse we just quoted, we are told that at that moment, God created man, God formed man out of the dust of the ground, and he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and at that moment, man became a living being. You see, if Hugh Ross is correct, then we have a living being but at a certain time, he becomes more of a modern man type of a creature. He's touched by God. But the scripture tells us that it was at that moment that God breathed into man that he became a living being. He wasn't already a living being. But now, this is important for us to realize, and many of you probably know this already, but just for some that maybe haven't thought about this subject all that much. You know, we talk about creation, and of course, we're studying here the first chapter of Genesis, but the first chapter of Genesis is by no means the only place in the Bible where we are told about creation, about the creation of the universe, about the creation of man, or, or anything else. Creation comes up over and over and over again in the scriptures. God, over and over again, declares that he uh, stretched out the heavens, he created the earth, he created man upon the earth, he, he breathed into man the breath of life. God states that numerous times over. In the New Testament book of 1 Corinthians, the 15th chapter, the 47th verse, Paul says this. He says, the first man was of the earth made of dust. So you see, again, and I'm primarily wanting to challenge 
the ideas of the theistic evolutionist, those ideas are in conflict with the biblical account of how man was created. It wasn't through a, a long, long process of millions of years of some type of evolution occurring. God formed man directly, immediately out of the dust of the ground. He breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And as Paul says, the first man, the first man was of the earth made of dust. So who was the first man? The first man was obviously Adam. So there is no such thing as a pre-Adamite race. All of this is mythology. It's part of the mythology of evolution. And once again, we see from the biblical account that Genesis and evolutionary ideas are diametrically opposed to one another. You cannot blend the two together. And so man was created directly by God, as we read here on the sixth day. Now, notice that man was formed of the dust of the ground. I'd like to quote to you from Henry Morris. He said, God used the dust of the ground to make man's body a remarkable phrase conveying the thought that the smallest particles of which the earth was composed, in modern terminology, the basic chemical elements, nitrogen, oxygen, calcium, etc., were also to be the basic physical elements of the human body. This fact is not at all obvious to superficial examination. Rocks seem to all appearances to be composed of totally different substances than human flesh, but it has nevertheless been verified by modern science. So we know today from scientific experimentation that God did indeed make man from the dust of the earth just like Genesis said that he did. Because the same elements that are, are found in the dust of the earth are found in our bodies. And so God formed man directly out of the dust of the ground. But then we read there that God created them male and female. Now this again is another challenging thing for the evolutionist. You know, it's, it's kind of interesting to me because those who embrace evolution usually can come up with an explanation for everything. As nonsensical as it might be, they nevertheless do come up with explanations. But on this particular one, there is a fair amount of silence. The evolutionist does not have a particular theory for how, through the evolutionary process, male and female could have developed. So this is something that stumps them. But, of course, you know, it happened because we have male and female, so, it, you know, we don't know how, but it, it happened. But, you know, this is, this is wishful hoping. As someone once said regarding evolution, it is a fairy tale for adults. Now, we read here that God created them male and female. Now, notice the, the wording. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. 
Male and female, he created them. Now, when, when we get into the second chapter, we're going to go into more of a detailed account of the creation of the woman. But the woman was created on the sixth day. Genesis chapter 2 is not a, a secondary creation account. It's just uh, a closer look at the events of the sixth day and particularly the creation of woman. So there on the sixth day, God created them male and female. The gender confusion in our culture today is a direct result of rejecting God's word. Gender confusion. There's a ton of gender confusion in our culture today. One commentator said this. He said, in our day, many say there are no essential differences between men and women or that whatever differences there are, are accidental. This is understandable from those who think that mindless evolution is the means by which we have become what we are. But it is entirely incomprehensible from the standpoint of the Bible, which tells us that nothing is an accident and that sexuality in particular is the result of the creative act of God. Maleness and femaleness are therefore good and meaningful. Men are not women, and women are not men. Now, you know, it's really amazing the days that we're living in and the things that we are having to address and to contend with as we're teaching through the scriptures. And as I've mentioned to you before, I sometimes long for those simpler days when you could just You know, it's almost like to teach Genesis today, you have to have a PhD in astrophysics or something, you know? You just long for the day when you could just, you know, get back to more of a simple perspective on it. And I was thinking about, you know, when you come to the issue of male and female and so forth, as we come across here in the text, I was thinking about those who would teach the text in generations gone by. And I was thinking, boy, if they could see what we have to contend with today, they would be utterly shocked. I'm sure. I'm sure they, nobody could have imagined in their wildest dreams that pastors from pulpits would have to talk about things like transgenderism. Can't imagine anyone 100 years ago would ever have believed that you would have to address this while teaching the Bible. But this is how low we have sunk into our depravity. And so these are the kinds of things. But as I said in the beginning, as we went into the study in Genesis, we, we would see, and I think we are seeing, how incredibly relevant this, this book is to the current situation. That's why there is such hostility toward it. That's why there is such an effort to keep this message from the ears of people, particularly from the children. Don't let them hear what the Bible says. Because what the Bible says is in total conflict with what men are thinking and what they're proposing today. And so today we hear of men who think they are supposed to be women. We hear of women who think they are supposed to be men. And, you know, of course, there was a time when people would say, you know, this is, this is horrifying. This is uh, unthinkable. But, but many voices today are saying, oh, this, kind of, this is the most wonderful thing that could ever happen. 
I was reading an article just the other day about a certain government that was, you know, going to go full force in promoting these kinds of things and giving instruction to the hospitals throughout their country to begin to perform uh, gender-altering services. So this is, sadly, where we've come today in our culture. But... What is it when we have men who think they are supposed to be women and women who think they are supposed to be men? This is a delusion, and this is the result of the, of the utter absence of God and God's view of life from the minds of people today. This is a delusion that's coming upon people. What is the answer? The answer is right here in Genesis 1. God made them male and female. God doesn't make any mistakes. God doesn't make mistakes. Any person who thinks they should be the other gender is is under a delusion. You need to go back to what the Bible says and realize that you are what you are because God made you that way and that's what you're supposed to be and God's going to help you find out who you are as you seek him and uh, you don't want to buy into any of that propaganda that is out there. But this is happening today. Uh, A coffee place I would visit frequently. There was a guy in there who was obviously in preparation for this kind of a process. Confusion, gender confusion. But it's because men are rejecting God's word. And there's a huge amount of propaganda in the culture. And so, you know, if a man doesn't feel all that masculine, somebody comes along and says, oh, well, maybe you were supposed to be a woman. Or if a woman feels a little bit more masculine, doesn't feel all that feminine, oh, well, maybe you were supposed to be a man. No. God knew what he was doing. He made you the way he made you. And we find out who we are. We come to understand our identity as men and women in the context of a relationship with him. I don't know if any any of you read this, but uh, the city of Atlanta, they voted to do away with the, the signs, men at work. Uh, that was offensive to women because some women were also there on the roadside working. So they literally voted to ban the signs, men at work, and to pay the cost to come up with uh, new signs. Uh, I think the new sign would read, people are working. But, you know, if they would have just read Genesis 1, they could have saved themselves some money they would know that man is both male and female. But this is the insanity in our culture. And as I was reading the article, the thing that was even more astounding was how proud Atlanta was of itself, and they were hoping to lead the charge all the way across the nation. So, people at work, that's the proper way. But again, if you go back to God's word, all of this kind of confusion is cleared up. Let's join Pastor Brian in the studio as he shares about this month's resource. I want to tell you about a really fun book that I stumbled across recently. It's by Andrew Wilson, 
And it's a book called God of All Things, subtitle, Rediscovering the Sacred in an Everyday World. And the cover of the book kind of says it all. There's a bird, there's a pig, there's a tree, there's a flower, there's a salt shaker, a loaf of bread, a fish, there's rain. And Andrew does an amazing job of just looking at all of these common things around us and seeing different aspects of who God is and what he's done through those things. So I used it for a devotional time. It's a fantastic book. I highly recommend Andrew Wilson's God of All Things. Again, this month's resource is a book titled God of All Things, Rediscovering the Sacred in an Everyday World by Andrew Wilson. You can order the book God of All Things by going to our website, backtobasicsradio.com. Scroll down until you see the photo of it and then click on the donate button. When you give a gift to Back to Basics, we'll send you the book, The God of All Things by Andrew Wilson, to help you discover God is in the everyday things of life. It's our way of saying thank you for your generous support of this ministry. We'd also like to remind you that all of our other resources are waiting for you at backtobasicsradio.com or by calling our request line at 1-800-733-6443. That's 1-800-733-6443. Our desire is to encourage you in your daily walk with God. We'll continue tomorrow with more valuable insights from Pastor Brian as we study together in the book of Genesis. Basics is the preaching and teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, California.